Well, I know we're not doing a lot of Broadway stuff, but I did have a Broadway type of self-tape, which is a certain kind of hell on earth. We both know because you have to record at home. You have to have the right lights, the right sound, the right singing. You have to be in the right room. There can't be cats meowing. It's very stressful. So I did the tape and I sent it to my agent. And what did they say? Well, I thought I sounded great, but the video had no sound. Great. You're off to a great start. That's exactly every actor's dream is to put 14 hours into a self-tape only to find out that there's no audio. No audio. So just imagine a video of me emoting like Norma Desmond and then it just being silent. Can you dub over it? (laughs) I'm going to try. (laughs) (laughs) But let me tell you. It will not happen on the podcast. We are here. Welcome to I Think Not, the podcast where Joey Taranto and I tell you our sad stories about our life, coupled in between true crime TV stories. Hi, Joey. Hello, baby. How you doing, baby girl? You look so cute. Look at those bangs growing out. Did you sweep it to the side? You got your lip gloss on and your quince hoodie. You look like a sweetheart, baby. <laughs> and Joey is wearing his Buddy Holly glasses, which sounds like an insult, but it's not. He looks so freaking cute. Welcome down bitches. If you are here for the first time, that is not an insult. That is our term of endearment for our wonderful audience. We are here on our main feed where we cover a couple episodes of a new show and we are loving this new show, Death by Fame. It is wild and it's done really well. Also, these are stories we've never heard of. Now, they are a little on the dark side, but I'm telling you, they do a fantastic job. So here on the general feed is where we do that. And then we do a longer series on our Patreon. Head on over to our Patreon, you all. We have tiers starting at $5, going all the way up to $80 now. We have watch parties. We have bonus episodes. Everyone on every level is going to get four bonus episodes a month. Right now, we are finishing covering up Frogging, which has turned out to be the show that brings us all together in fear about people who hide in your home. You have to hear it to believe it. You know, I just shot with a photographer friend of ours, Curtis Brown, the other day, and he said that they had someone living in their basement. They (gasps) had a frogger. Stop it. I feel like that happens in New York City all the time. We just don't hear about it. It happens in the subway, that's for sure. There's people living under the subway. Mole people. But head on over to our Patreon for more of that. You can get into our close friends circle on Instagram. We are having a quarterly painting party. You also have the opportunity to sit in virtually on our Swamp Talks. Go take a look. See something that works for your budget and your emotions. But you know what? You can always find us here on the general feed because... We love you all, and we just have the best jobs in the world. We do. Also, can I just say, tomorrow is my 44th birthday. It is. And it's wild because I was sitting on my sofa having my coffee this morning thinking, the 90s feels like yesterday. Mm -hmm. I graduated high school 26 years ago in May. It feels like yesterday. It's wild. It really does. Whenever I hear something that says 2000, I'm like, oh, yeah, that was like 10 years ago. And then I see videos from 2000 and it looks like yesteryear. Literally. But I mean, you know what? In the words of Dolly Parton. Honey, time marches on and eventually you realize it's marching across your face. Thank you, Dolly Parton. 
Enough about my stupid birthday. Let's get on with the episode. Joey, I know you got a lot to say about this next sponsor. Take it away. Factor is back. I am on a fitness journey right now. And my trainer is like, you need to eat 2,500 calories a day. I'm like, you're lucky if I eat 1,000. The last time Joey and I were in rehearsal together, he would pull a factor meal out of his bag go to the microwave, and come back with a delicious meal. With Factor, you have over 35 options a week to choose from, and you got keto, calorie smart, vegan, veggie. There are over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons, but they are so delicious, and apparently they're good for you. They also have snacks, smoothies, midday bites. But I will tell you, there is nobody who loves Factor than old blue eyes over there. It's true, and... I converted Cindy Lauper into a Factor fan. You sure did. Also, they have a very convenient app. So if you want to switch out meals or if you need to pause for a week, they make it super easy. It's no prep, no mess. They are 100% ready to heat and eat, and they are so delicious. And you know I have done the math when it comes to savings. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved. This is one of our favorites. So head to factormeals.com slash think50 and use code think50 to get 50% off. That's code think50 at factormeals.com slash think50 to get 50% off. And just think of Joey and his ripped tight abs eating those delicious factor meals. I'm sorry, I'm selling you out for the ad. It's fine. Sometimes I eat them naked. Wow. Now, don't forget, this is a fantastic show. You can find it on Discovery Plus and Hulu. It's called Death by Fame, Season 1, Episode 3, Behind the Screen. Hello, Team Grimmie. I'm going to be singing Liar Liar. Christina, who's a YouTube phenomenon. There was between 11 and 14 million people every week watching her on The Voice. We had a few high-profile cases that have occurred in the city. But this case was as tragic as anything I'd ever worked. This case affected me, and not because of her celebrity and not because of Christina being known. It was the fact that to this day as we sit here, I cannot tell you why this happened. So we start out our episode by meeting a young man named Marcus Grimmy, who is the brother of our subject today, Christina Grimmy. They grew up in South Jersey, moved around a lot, but they were super close through all of it. And we see home movies of Christina singing and it's adorable. And you know what I thought, Ellen, is I would love to see home movies of little Ellen singing. Are they all gone in the fire? They are all gone in the fire. Oh, y'all. Ellen's childhood home burned down, for those of you who don't know. And with it, all of her memories. And I am such a memories person. I love my scrapbooks, everything. And... I actually get a little envious whenever I see these home movies. We have a couple pictures, but not a lot of stuff. These are so precious. Now, first of all, I want to start off by saying I can't believe I don't know this story. I never heard of this story, but stay tuned to the end of the episode. I have a lot of information as to why some of us might not have heard of this story. And we open up and it's a little ominous because she grew up in the generation that filmed stuff a lot. And we hear her saying, this is a documentary of a life. And we are about to jump into a documentary of this beautiful soul's life. 
Christina always wanted to be a singer. She used to make CD covers, take the real one out and put her name in there. Anywhere we went where there was a piano, she would jump on it and start playing it. Today I'm going to be playing a famous song by Beethoven. So Christina's father, Bud, is here, and he says Christina always wanted to be a singer. Same, girl. Same. Wait, I have a question for you. When did you know you could sing? Me personally? Yeah. I think in the fourth grade when I used to sing the entire album of Gloria Estefan, and then my dad took me to one of those, like, boardwalk sing-the-hits places. I was, you know, tiny. I was really tiny for my age, and the guy said, are you a singer? And I said, maybe one day, and he was like, you can do it. And it was the first time someone who wasn't a family member complimented me about my singing. Sure. Was that when you sang Madonna's Papa Don't Preach? Same place, but my first song was Gloria Estefan's Anything For You, But You're Not Here. I love it. Uh, Well, I grew up singing in church, and so my mother and father fostered that in me from a very young age. I remember being five years old and singing in our Christmas pageant, and... You know, I had to sing We Three Kings. Mm-hmm. Can I have a rendish? We Three Kings of R-E-N-R. That was really great. But we see these home movies. She played the piano. You all, she learned by ear. And this little one is playing Beethoven. She is playing Beethoven by ear, which is insane. I can't play anything. I mean, I play the part of a podcaster, but that's about it. Can I tell you? What? I played piano by ear. So did my brother. My brother was a musical prodigy. He could pick up any instrument and just start playing. He was one of those people. Incredible. That is really incredible. Yeah. Did I mention that we don't speak? Also, can I just say, these home videos of her singing and performing are amazing. And she had no intention of putting them out there in the world. They were just for her. Could you imagine if the home videos we made as kids were released. I have some. They will never see the light of day. Me singing DC Talk in my bedroom with my sister and the whole Mariah Carey Merry Christmas album. I have them. You will never see them. Trust and believe I will find them. We see Papa Bud looking back at these videos because she was constantly filming herself. And Papa Bud and Brother Marcus both say that she would be mortified if people were seeing these videos in a very loving way because she was a little bit on the shy side. She was a goofball, and we see all of the silly things. She was like kind of like us. She did funny faces, funny walks. She lived to entertain and make people laugh. I'm premiering with Christina had no, as far as I knew, she had no interest in posting anything on the internet. Like, for real, like, I don't know. Her friend... Lauren came to Christina one day and said, look at this girl that's on YouTube. She has 30,000 followers. And you sing way better than her, Lauren says. And she said, you should put music on YouTube. And so Christina got her a quintessential late 2000s emo haircut. I fucking live for it. It's so Avril Lavigne. I love it. Yes, meets Haley Williams. And she started posting. People got on board very fast. And she was getting great feedback. Now, of course, no one ever puts anything out into the universe to be criticized. 
And that is something that people have to deal with. But she was getting so many compliments. She was getting such great feedback. And then her family realized, oh, okay, maybe it's just not us that thinks she's amazing. Because, of course, you think your child is amazing. And they thought to themselves, oh, wait, the world does, too. And then one day something hits and it hit for Christina. She did a cover of Miley Cyrus's Party in the USA. And she woke up to thousands of emails and notifications and she was like, dad, something's wrong with my phone. Also, can we just talk about Party in the USA for a second? Can we talk about Miley Cyrus? Yes. First of all, Miley Cyrus looked amazing on the Grammys. I love anyone who takes inspiration from Tina Turner because it screamed Tina Turner, that performance. Mm -hmm. It sure did. But do you know Party in the USA is secretly very high? Do you know why? I'd love to tell you. Do you know who wrote that song? No, tell me. Diane Warren? Jesse J. Okay, that makes sense. Jesse J is one of the only people that riffs up. Yeah. Yeah, Oh Oh my gosh. That makes so much sense. Party in the USA is a bop. It is absolutely a bop. In the club at LAX with my dream and a cardigan. Don't sleep on Miley Cyrus. I talked about this on Rabia and Alan, how overlooked she is. She is talented. She can sing any genre. Miley Cyrus is going to play a big part in Christina's life moving forward, but it's fantastic. Well, let me tell y'all, Christina has pipes and she slayed that song and people reacted in amazing ways. And so she was like deleting emails. She kept telling her dad, she's like, I'm deleting these all these emails and they keep coming back. Like, I think I'm doing something wrong. And her dad was like, sweetie, you are deleting those emails. You're just getting a ton more coming in. Like, do you not realize All of these people are reaching out because they love you. Hello, Team Grimmy. I hope you like that video. She put one out every week. Hey, guys, I'm going to show you how to do my hair. Quality of the video is starting to go up. Friday, new video all the time. Great. Love you guys. Bye. My first thoughts looking up Christina on YouTube was, oh, my God. (laughs) Keep those requests coming. And She was really good at taking a song and stripping it down. Christina Fiat. And make it her own version. And people love that. This is where we meet Jonathan LaMarche. Now, here's where a bit of personal stuff comes into it. Jonathan is actually my cousin, Jonathan Marsh. He uh-huh. just changed it when mm-hmm. he became a musician. He's like, my name is Jonathan Marsh, but that doesn't really like ring for you, a musician. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hello and welcome to I Think Not. My name is Ellen Marche. <laughs> Cousin Jonathan, just change your name back. We know it's Jonathan Marsh. Yeah. And I'm Joey Tarantino. That is yeah. a real thing that sometimes <laughs> people call me. Tarantino. And so Jonathan was her bass player, right? And he was like, let me tell you, YouTube made a lot of stars out of people and it still does. It's incredible. He was blown away. Everyone was blown away. She had style when she sang. We're going to hear from a lot of fans that soon became friends of Christina because that was just sort of the person that she was. And also something that no one could believe was how young she was. And we see a ton of these videos, you all. She was effervescent. She was humble. She was beautiful. And it was all really exciting. But listen, her mom was really worried because. You put stuff out on YouTube, you put stuff out on the internet, you don't know who's out there consuming it. That is always a concern with social media. Who is watching you? Who is seeing it? Because it doesn't seem real. 
I mean, if you think about it, 500,000 views, that's like the population of some big cities. That's a lot of people. And the thing about Christina is she had that thing. It's that thing that you cannot teach people. You either have it or you don't. I remember, not to name drop, but I was with a producer friend who invited me to one of the Mission Impossible movies, right? And at the after party, he was friends with Tom Cruise and he introduced me to Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise had that thing where I was like, I get it. You have that gravitational pull where people are just drawn to you. Christina had that. That's what they talk about on all those shows, right? The it factor. You can't explain it and you can't teach it. You either have it or you don't. Joey, guess who's back? Who? Quince. Quince is exactly what I love about fashion. It is basic, high-quality essentials. Because here's the thing. There is so much disposable clothing out there, and it is cluttering our landfills. You want to have a wardrobe of luxury essentials that can transition from one occasion to the next, and you know I am always looking to stay on budget. Also, it's winter, which means that we're wearing giant oversized coats to try to keep our bums warm. I want to look fashionable. I want to look chic. And Quince has their responsible down puffer jacket that I bought, and it's sleek. It's not too much. It's super warm. It's exactly what you want in the winter. And here's the thing. I bought my mom a 100% Mongolian cashmere sweater for $50 this Christmas. That seems unbelievable, right? But Quince partners directly with top factories. And Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and then passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing process and premium fabrics and finishes. You know I love to do my homework with the companies that I like to spend my money on. And Quince ticks every box. So indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash think for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash think to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash think. Get all cozy. And look chic doing it. Sarah Azari is back and she says, I think the internet gives you a false sense of safety. We just don't know who's hiding behind the screen. Okay, I just want to talk about this for a moment because there is so much good to be had on social media. I learn on social media from information accounts. We get to connect with people, people we know, our families, people we don't know. But the bullying, the rude comments, the stress of managing it all can be exhausting. And I am almost, I'm very close to being a full adult. And on such a small, small platform, it can affect my mental health. And she's a child. Absolutely. And here's the thing why I think that social media can be so hard. And tell me if you agree. When we talk to somebody, a lot of our communication is nonverbal, right? Our tone, our body language, our eye contact our inflections, our language patterns, so you can really understand what someone is saying. It's an important part of communication. Without that information, in order to help us like process and categorize that, our minds are sort of left to wander. We fill in the blanks. And people can be much meaner on social media because people are armed with anonymity. Exactly. That's terrifying. You don't have a need 
to regulate your behavior online so your sense of responsibility is thrown out the window. We are not anonymous online. I've never written a mean comment in my life. It's not worth it to me. But there are people there who are just feel so bad about themselves and feel emboldened to make mean comments. And she's a baby. It's terrifying. I mean, that's the thing when you're you're in the public arena, you are already subjecting yourself to criticism and you mm-hmm. have to learn to let it roll off your back. But a kid is not always equipped with that. You know, yeah. it's really hard. And also, you know, you forget that people have access to you. We felt this in the Broadway world because there is a lot of access to Broadway performers because mm-hmm. you can go to a stage door and you can say whatever you want to that person or, you know, whatever your intentions are. It's a little intimidating. Yeah, it really is. And also, your voice and singing is so vulnerable Yeah, and putting that out there. But Christina was a content creator. And when you're a content creator, you got to keep that content coming. So she just kept going. And within a really short amount of time, you all, she had 500,000 subscribers. That's a lot of people. That's like... A lot of people. It is. And you know, all of us want community, right? Mm -hmm. We all want to see ourselves in people that we look up to. Christina had that thing where she just connected to people, even though they never had a conversation with her, even though they'd never met her in real life. They connected with her in really beautiful ways. In fact, one of Christina's friends slash fans, Cassie Wills, is here. And she talks about finding Christina on YouTube at a very tough time in her life. She was having major health issues, battling depression. She was stuck in the hospital hours away from her family, and she felt very isolated. And she says, discovering Christina's videos of her singing, it brought me peace. It reminded me that in such a dark time, there is light. There's goodness in the world. And that is the mark of a true artist, right? It's connecting with your audience and making them feel and see something new. It's what I loved about Kinky Boots. Is performing this show. Mm-hmm. It had a great message. And it was that immediate reaction you got from the audience, that connection. And also, music is healing. Absolutely. That is scientifically proven. Music can heal us emotionally. It can relieve our stress. Listening to music that you connect with lowers your cortisol levels. It yeah. really does. There's like music therapy, right? And this is what people connected with her. She was so genuine and humble. Did you see at the end of her videos, she always sort of says like, I hope you liked it. Yeah. Cool. Hope you guys liked it. Oh, my heart. She always called her fans friends. This is what someone says. Christina had always called her fans friends. My fans are my family, pretty much. She wanted to befriend us as fans and then like actually get to know us as people, you know. I think this is a very important conversation because I do understand where lines can become blurry because what we do, obviously we do this on a much smaller level than Christina, but this doesn't feel like work. Doing your passion doesn't feel like work. Music was Christina's passion, but she was also, you know, making money. You and I do this. We pay our bills. It was the same thing on Broadway. And I feel like that's why people connect because it's not like we're clocking in and doing work. And Christina was just sharing her heart and her passion. It wasn't like a little girl trying to get famous. No, I mean, what a gift it is as an adult to be able to make a living doing what makes you happy, what Mm -hmm. brings you joy. She got to experience that at a very young age. And when someone is interested in your passion, 
That's not a fan. That's someone you've developed a camaraderie with. It minimizes it. Do you know what I mean in a way? Like a fanatic? No. Yeah. You're you're a supporter. It's a shared experience. Yeah, a supporter. We're sharing our passion. I just happen to be delivering it to you and you're enjoying it. It's very give and take. Hopefully you're enjoying it. Yeah. She put out her first album called Find Me. It had eight songs on it. You all, it went to number two on the iTunes charts behind Adele. That is wild. And Ellen DeGeneres called Christina the queen of YouTube. I mean, Ellen was making stars out of YouTubers. I'm not saying she didn't have insecurities or didn't struggle with things, but I remember one time she was crying in her room. Someone said she had a big nose. It's like starting to see that, wow, one tiny little pebble in your mattress can ruin your night. With fame can come a dark side because... Like we talked about earlier, people can hide behind a profile, say whatever mean thing they want. Yeah. I will never for the life of me understand what inspires people to think it's okay to write something so intentionally mean. And I don't mean opinions, but people feel like it is their right to tear someone down and hide behind the guise of freedom of speech. I will tell you, that is not what our forefathers fought for, to tear somebody down on the internet. That was never the intention. And there are these dirty socks with no talent bringing this little girl down. Like, go back to your basement, jerk off to the Big Bang Theory like a good little troll, eat your dinner of stale cigarettes and regret, and leave people on the internet alone, poor baby. Yeah, I got a big nose. I was born with it. It walks into a room before I do. I know I got a big nose. I don't need you, Stinky Daisy 69, telling me how big my nose is, and Christina didn't either. It must feel nice, though, to wake up and be able to smell the flowers in the Netherlands. Just waking up going, ooh, fresh croissants in Paris. Wonderful. Oh, the delicious. Are those tulips? Those are tulips, right? Yeah, they are in season. They they certainly are. Hey, guys. There's been a lot of um, negative comments. I've been getting a lot of trash talk. Christina had her bullies. It, it did get to her. But what I always stop and ask myself before commenting or posting is this. Is what I'm about to say constructive? Is it kind? Does it lead with love? What does leaving this comment say about me? And what does leaving this comment do for me and the recipient, you know? So Brother Marcus says, I had my own YouTube account. And one day I got a message from a guy named Brian who said, I think your sister is amazing. And he wanted to have a meeting about managing Christina. He wanted to put Christina on tour. Back to the big surprise. I'm going on a summer tour around the U.S. with Selena Gomez and All-Star Weekend. I'm that excited. Selena Gomez and her family invited her on to be the opening band for her 2011 tour. And it was just, I mean, talk about like a game changer forever. And there's Selena Gomez right there. So remember, Christina is 16. She's opening for Selena Gomez. They were pals. Her parents are so excited. But of course, their first thought is going to go to the safety of their child. They're worried about how naive she is. And not only was she 16, she was like a young 16. She's just a, a little girl. So they needed an adult to go with her. And her older brother, Marcus, went and was basically her guardian, her manager. Plus, they were best friends. 
Plus, he played the guitar in the band. Yeah, her brother was her safety net. Bassist Jonathan is back. He said that the fans were amazing. Christina always took time to talk to anyone and everyone. And she really wanted to connect with her fans. It was mutually beneficial that way. You know, it was very meaningful. When you are built by grassroots, I feel like your appreciation for the people who got you where you were is much more organic. Yeah, I feel. And she knew that she understands she was opening for Selena Gomez in these massive arenas because of the people she was looking back at. And she never lost that. Her heart, her gratitude. I think the world of this young woman. And so she always took time to connect. And they had big hopes for what she could do in the future. And then she gets a call. And I just want to say, for the record, she did a lot of this on her own. Like, she got this following on her own with her talent alone. Not with huge promotions, not with a record label behind her, not with a manager behind her. Like a lot of this she did on her own. We thought, this is it. She's going to get signed. Columbia Records, they wanted Christina to do a showcase. And we're out in California, and they had a keyboard set up on the stage, and uh, they had their executives there. And she starts into her routine. And so she gets that phone call. It's Columbia Records. Columbia Records. And they say, we want you to have an audition with us. And basically what they do is a showcase. They set her up with a keyboard on a stage in a small theater, and she performs for all of the executives. She's 16, maybe 17 at this point. She does her thing for them, and her dad was like, y'all, my child was on fire. So much so that the president of Columbia Records stops Christina towards the end of her song, says, I've heard enough, sits down by her and was like, that is incredible. What you are doing is incredible. We love you. We love this. We want to sign you. It's not just her voice. It's that je ne sais quoi. It's the way that she performs. Who, when you think of performers like that, are the people that jump off the stage to you when you think of that? I mean, young Britney, she was captivating. Yeah, captivating. That's a great word. Regardless of what you thought of her voice. Right now for me, it's SZA, Mm -hmm. who, sorry to the Swifties, no hate to Taylor Swift, but I think SZA should have won Album of the Year because it was incredible. I saw her live in October. Her whole album is a breakup album. When I tell you the energy that she had on stage, the way she got that audience in the palm of her hands, that Mm -hmm. is not something you can teach. It's something you have. Can you guys tell I took a dive and I've watched a hundred of this young woman's videos because I have. Joey, guess who's back? Who? Apostrophe is back. I feel so lucky that we get to have sponsors that I really love and use in my everyday life. Apostrophe is an online platform that connects you with an expert dermatology team to get customized acne treatment for your unique skin. When our skin isn't looking good, we don't feel good. And through Apostrophe, you can get access to oral and topical medications that use clinically proven ingredients to help clear acne. I have had such a journey with my acne and my skin, right, Joey? It's true. And if you're looking to switch it up and give Apostrophe a try, they 
make it so easy. All you do is fill out an online consultation about what your specific skin goals are and then give them a little bit of your medical history. Then you snap a couple selfies and a dermatology provider will create a customized treatment plan just for you, baby. There's all types of acne. You get hormonal acne. I know I get stress acne. You can get it on your face, your back, your chest, your butt. We can have breakouts anywhere. And Apostrophe is here. And I am telling you, I've been using them for almost two years now. And I really do love them. And we have a special deal for our audience. Get your first visit for only $5 at apostrophe.com slash think when you use our code think. That's a savings of $15. This code is only available to our listeners. To get started, go to apostrophe.com slash think and click get started. Then use our code think to sign up and you'll get your first visit for only $5. Thank you, Apostrophe, for sponsoring this episode and making our skins shine like the top of the Chrysler building. Okay, that's niche. (laughs) (laughs) So this was a huge deal. Columbia Records wanted her. That is life changing. But from the time of her presentation, when she had that conversation to seven o'clock that night, they called and said, just kidding, the deal is off. Who does that? And Christina was just devastated. And so were we, of course, but, you know, just, just keep on keeping on kind of thing. What happened? We don't get an answer. For whatever reason, it fell through. Can you imagine in the afternoon, all your dreams come true. And then after you have your soup salad and breadsticks at the Olive Garden, it's done. Yeah, you know, it really sucks. It's a very terrible lesson to learn, especially at that age. You and I know mm-hmm. we don't celebrate anything until that contract is in front yep. of us and our name is signed on the dotted line. There are people, you all, who get Broadway shows and they will not tell people until that ink is dry. Yeah. I mean, literally anything is possible and you learn, you have to learn not to celebrate until it is done. And it's a horrible lesson for a 17 year old girl to learn. There's 3 million people in freaking in Hollywood. It's actually one of the most dense places in America. A lot of these people aren't gonna like accomplish their dreams. You have to have a fan base. You have to have the right timing. You have to have the right content. Like everything, like all the planets have to align in order to be a a superstar, you know? And then Steven Reza is here, who is Christina's boyfriend, and he explains how cutthroat and difficult the music business is, a lesson she sadly just had to learn. Now, we sort of talked about this last week in the Johnny Lewis episode about Hollywood, and we all know that famous line in Pretty Woman... Welcome to Hollywood. What's your dream? Everybody comes here. This is Hollywood. Land of dreams. But it's true. Yeah. You come with the dream and you hope it comes true. But Stephen met Christina in 2016. He had been a songwriter for a bit. And they sat and they wrote an album together. In four days. They had to write a ton of songs. And in those four days, Stephen and Christina became inseparable. They started dating. They fell in love. And Christina just was like, you know what? I'm really disappointed. It didn't work out the way I thought it would, but I'm just going to keep going. Let me tell you. Uh-oh. Oh, Oh, hi. When you get hurt, James. Uh Uh-huh. You got to keep going, all right? Because I had in uh, uh, in 2014, (laughs) I lost. 
lost the Jack Championship. I know what struggle feels like. It oh, didn't wow. feel good. Who did you lose to? Uh, I lost to uh, the Dat side. It's a team. <laughs> it's a team out of uh, Swampskit. And had I known that the Dat side brought in a ringer that year, I would have warmed up my wrists a little better. But I took the L. Listen, maybe I was a bit cracky because I had won all the Dat championships that followed. But I got up. I, uh-huh. I I uh, pounded the junkies. I dusted myself off, and I never lost a jet championship after that. You gotta keep going, or else I wouldn't have these forty-seven trophies that are behind me. You can't see them. Oh yeah, no, no, it's okay. I'm I'm imagining them. Wait, Sharon, what did you say that you got a little what? Cracky. Can you spell that for me? C O Cracky. Cracky. Yeah, I got a little too big for my cargos. Okay. Yeah, I got, got it. I, I worked in a little khaki, a little, uh, maybe a little arrogant. And yeah. the dot side, they swept it never again. Friday, seven trophies later. Well, you learned a valuable lesson, um, Sharon. Can you just share with us one more time? What's the name of your team? My dad team? Yeah. What is it again? You should know it. Blue eyes? I know. I You know, I'm a stoner, so sometimes my brain isn't working. What, what is it called? One more time. Fats, not dots. It's really just an excellent team name. Yes, yeah, it's, it's just the team name of a fracking champion, Blue Eyes. What have you, how many trophies have you won in a dart competition? I don't, I've never played darts. Well, but you know what? I should because my wrists are always warm. Well, that's disgusting. I am, uh, <laughs> I am exiting the building. Thank you. I wish you wouldn't. <laughs> Christina realized that she was consistently accomplishing smaller goals meeting with the right people, working on a lot of new music, and doing what she had to do. And I really do think that she was on her way to having the right thing at the right time. Christina just kept going, and that's what you gotta do. In the face of adversity, you can just throw in the towel and give up. Then you spend your life with the what-ifs, you know? And nobody wants that. And you never have a drat trophy okay okay sharon thank you all right we're moving on also you know what i always want to say to people is dream big dream big because what have you got to lose you got nothing to lose yeah and if you have like this giant lofty goal i have learned to set up short-term goals leading up to the big goal that way it doesn't feel so daunting but like never stop dreaming I don't care if you're 15 or 85. Dream big. Dream big. And you know what? Sometimes that dream can just be putting on clean underwear. That's fine. All right. But then the voice came around. That's right. Buckle up, everyone. I love the voice, but I don't watch it. You know what I mean? Like, I love watching clips. I just never I don't really watch TV and I never really got into it. But man, are there some incredible people on that show. Oh my God, amazing singers. The caliber of talent is unreal. I just wish they made bigger stars out of people. It's not like American Idol used to, Mm -hmm. you know? But a former contestant of The Voice who was also friends with Christina named Bria Kelly is here and she says this. There's two types of people on The Voice. There's people who just can't believe the opportunity they're given and others who think that they deserve it. Christina was definitely in the I can't believe that I'm here group. Can I say something? Always. Honestly, I have no problem with people who are like, yeah, I deserve this. Because 
we all are deserving of great things, of, of greatness itself. But the question is, are you willing to meet the moment? Are you willing to put in the work to obtain that greatness? But I don't think that there's anything wrong with being like, yeah, I deserve great things. Right. But I think you're coming at it from a place of humility. And I don't think this lesson is limited to the voice. I think this is a life thing. But it's people with the expectation. Like entitlement. Yes, entitlement. The people who are willing to put in the work and also the people who don't have blinders on and realize, you know, it's like how we always talk about competition. Competition is silly because there are people around you who you might be, quote, competing with. But they will be your collaborators in the future. It's true. It's the same thing, you know, working on Broadway. Our best friends, Courtney and I have gone out for the same roles. But it's we're best friends and we'll help each other. And that weird sense of entitlement and competition, I feel like, is the negative aspect. But there's nothing wrong with knowing your worth. Absolutely. You know what is so liberating? Someone said to me once, there is freedom in knowing that there is always someone better than you. Always. And it gives you the freedom to just show up and be like, hey, this is what I do. This is my perspective. This is my unique view. This is what I bring to the table. It is apples and oranges to what other people do. Absolutely. The person who holds that opportunity for you, it's whatever they're connecting to in that moment. Maybe next week it would have been someone else. I always say the people who were on Broadway, I got on Broadway not because I was the best. I was just the luckiest. I'm not diminishing my talent. I was going to say. But no, I'm, I'm not taking that away. But I'm just saying that I was the lucky person in that moment. Whoever I was auditioning for connected with in that moment, it could have been two hours later and it could have been something totally different. Sure. That's why I say don't compare yourself to other people. What you do is what you do. And what is for you, no one can take that from you. So show up, be prepared, meet the moment and show them what you can do and who you are. And that will resonate with people. Period. And I think that's what happened with Christina. Well, on The Voice, they assigned her Wrecking Ball. I remember being on the phone. She says, Dad, they want me to do Wrecking Ball. They think that I can do it. And I was like, well, if they think you can, do you think you can? And she says, I think maybe. We were all just hoping. She even said it. I just hope want one chair to turn. You know, The Voice is the show where you have the four big stars. This season in particular was season six, and it was Usher Shakira, Adam Levine, and Blake Shelton. Can I just say something real fast? Yeah. Thank you. That's all I needed to say. Look at them up so small and bad so you don't confuse them. Red Mountain. But J-Lo and Shakira... Those 40-year-old women on that Super Bowl show, they showed them how it is done, honey. Okay, I watched this video on YouTube. Go with me here, people. She doesn't even get through the first verse. She goes through two lines of Wrecking Ball. We thought we'd change Boom. Usher and Shakira turn around. Yep. Adam Levine turns before she gets to the chorus. Usher is on his feet. I am telling you, okay, here we go. I'm going to geek out, everyone. You know how picky I am about, I'm a voice teacher. I'm very picky about voices, not talent, but like I'm talking about the instrument. This child sings like she was born to be on stage. Her voice is rich. It is effortless. Okay, listen to this part.
Do you hear that flip? That high belt to the light flip? That is control. That is precision. That is exemplary vocal technique. Then she goes like this. I'm sorry I'm geeking out. Listen to this. Joey, I played this for you on FaceTime the other night. Yep. That top note is a G. Yep. Okay? And E is hard, and F is very hard. And F sharp is some of the highest singing notes you will hear. She went up to a G. That is an effortless G. It's supported. It's placed. I guarantee you she wasn't taught that. She just understood it. It's the same thing like Barbara Streisand. She never took a vocal lesson in her life. She just had an understanding of her instrument that was God-given. And now the judges are fighting. They are throwing down. Choose me. Shakira is playing the woman card. She's like, you know you want a woman to lead you. Yeah. They are fighting over her. And also, I was geeking out so much about this because I don't know a lot about The Voice. There have been 24 seasons of The Voice, and all four of them turned around. And in the last eight seasons, do you know the percentage of people that got all four people to turn around? How many? 2.75%. Wow. Sorry, I was doing all kinds of silly research because this woman was so inspiring. It's not silly. It's just a testament to how amazing she was. And so Adam Levine asks Christina, who are some of your inspirations? And Christina says, my mom. It turns out that her mother had battled cancer for 23 years and she was a fighter. And Christina was thrilled that her mother was able to Mm -hmm. see her perform on The Voice. And here's the thing. There was a lot of exposure for Christina being in the show. Something like 11 to 15 million people watched every week. And it did not hurt that Christina was a standout. So she goes through the voice competition and she comes out third. A lot of people were shocked she didn't win. But third is amazing. She got to record a single. She got millions of people watching her every week. But a lot of people were thinking to themselves, "Mm, I feel like Christina should have won. Neither here nor there. She's a star. She was also very happy with third place. Joey, I'm so excited about our next sponsor. Tell him, tell him, tell him. Do not sleep on Naked Wines. I bought my brother a Naked Wines subscription. Now, my brother is in the restaurant business, and he was skeptical at first because of the price. It just feels like something that's too good to be true, but it's not because Naked Wines connects with winemakers and wine drinkers directly, allowing for the vineyard to be delivered to your door at up to 60% off of what you would pay in the store by just cutting out the middleman and still bring you delicious wines. Naked Wines is a subscription service that seamlessly connects you to the finest independent winemakers on the planet. So you get a box of the market's best quality wines, however often you'd like, for a fraction of the price you normally pay in stores. And they have been around for over 10 years and they fund over 90 independent winemakers. You're not going to believe the price and how hassle-free it is. So head to nakedwines.com slash thinknot and click enter voucher at the top right when you get to the website and you put in thinknot for both the code and the password to get six bottles of wine for just $39.99 with shipping included. That's $100 off and less than $7 per bottle. That's nakedwines.com slash thinknot and use the code and password thinknot and grab six bottles 
for just $39.99. One last time, that's nakedwines.com slash thinknot, code and password thinknot for $100 off your first six bottles. It is amazing. I'm pouring myself a glass right now. Oh, boy. So keep in mind, if 15 million people are watching, right, most of those people are there because they want to cheer those singers on, they want to be entertained, they want to connect, but there is a small percentage of people who have scary intentions. After The Voice, there are a lot of people who are like, it's time to do a tour, do a tour. Oh, it's a short, it's a three-week tour. Our last two dates are in San Fran and L.A., so we'll end home. So I was like, sure, why not? We'll do it. I don't want to say we were reluctant to do it, but it wasn't like a, let's go. It was like a, okay, yeah, let's let's do it. So you got to strike while the iron is hot. You have to just go. You have the momentum. You have the trending hashtags, whatever. So she sets out on tour. It made sense, but she actually really kind of just wanted to go home. But she knew this is what she had to do. She wanted to go home. She wanted to be with her family. She wanted to write her own music, work on her album. But here they are on tour, and it was a little rough. So she went out on a three-week tour that was supposed to end on the West Coast with two stops, one in San Francisco and then finally Los Angeles. And like Ellen said, she wasn't super stoked about it, but they, they did it. And during this time, Christina and her boyfriend Steven were texting every day. They missed each other so much. And the tour wasn't the best. They were kind of ready to be done. But always after her shows, she met with everyone. Always. Yeah. I was driving home from work and I talking to my wife, Tina. And she said, uh, but the kids are flying home from Orlando tomorrow into LAX. And Marcus called and wanted to know if you could pick him up at the airport. It was just another day. It was the biggest venue of the, the tour, too. There was an opener, then it was her. So their last stop before they go to the West Coast, they were flying from Orlando the next day. And they were packed. <laughs> they were like, we're packed, we are ready to go. We're going to lay our heads down and we're going to go home. So she got off stage that night in Orlando, which was the biggest venue they had played. She called Stephen and basically said, I can't wait to come home. I just have to go to this meet and greet, do pictures, say hello. And then we're going to go to the hotel and I'll be home in your arms, hugging everyone tomorrow afternoon. So people are waiting in the line at the meet and greet. And her brother Marcus is next to her. And he helps sometimes take pics, but he's there to keep an eye out. He's always within arm's reach of her. So they get through the line and there's about 15 folks left when someone pulls out a gun and shoots Christina. Literally, her brother Marcus was right next to her. And he instinctually, before he even really knew what happened, he's just going for the guy with the gun. His only thought is get that gun. He doesn't know what came over him. He's like, I don't have any training. I don't know how to hit anybody. I don't have martial arts training. He just knew I have to get that. He wrestles the shooter to the ground. And he thought to himself, this man is going to kill me. But Marcus gets the gun out of his hand. But Marcus didn't know that this shooter had another gun. And he put the gun to his head and ended his life right there. And suddenly everyone is calling 911. 911 emergency, how may I help you? We are at the Plaza Live on Bundy Avenue. Oh my God, somebody just got open fire 
get shot three times and we everybody ran out. I don't know if anybody got shot. I saw the people shot. I don't know who had the gun. Christina got shot. Christina got this all happened very quickly. So there's a ton of 911 calls coming in. People are unsure of who had the gun, who was shot. But then a young woman calls and says, Christina Grimmy has been shot by a young man in his 20s, blonde hair, wearing a black shirt. And the venue is chaos. People ran out, some stayed to help. Everyone was frantic. But Brother Marcus has experienced so much. You have to understand, he just saw his sister shot in front of him. He wrestled a gun out of the shooter's hands only to see him produce another gun where he thought that shooter was going to kill him and then watch this man end his life. I can't even imagine the amount of chaos that young Marcus was trying to process in that moment. And he didn't even really know what happened to Christina. And he's crying, obviously, telling us this story. He was right there. And he said she didn't suffer but she was gone. And in that moment, by circumstance, Papa Bud just happens to call, obviously just randomly checking in. And Brother Marcus is tasked with the responsibility of telling Papa Bud that Christina is gone. He can't even understand. Papa Bud is not in his right mind. It doesn't seem real. This can't be true. Also, just not being there. uh, I understand. His brain could not compute. Absolutely. And bassist Jonathan was with Christina's parents when they got the news. And he says the trauma of finding that out while simultaneously watching her parents get the news was deeply traumatic. It was so dark. I can't even explain to you what that was like. Mama Tina fell to the ground hysterical. And he says it was truly the darkest thing he ever experienced. I cannot imagine. This girl was so young. She was just starting. Her light was so bright. And in a moment, her light was put out in a senseless way. I was woken up by my phone, and I thought it was her. Pick it up. Hello? It's Bud. He just said, Christina went home to the Lord. And that was... That was it. Christina's boyfriend, Steven, says he was woken up from his sleep by a phone call. He thought it was going to be Christina, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't. It was her father, Bud, breaking the news to him. And the pain that all of the friends and family still feel Mm -hmm. over this senseless tragedy is so palpable Mm -hmm. watching this episode. It really is. Everyone is in tears hearing about this. And then... It hits the news. Everyone hears from social media. Word spreads. So now we have two deceased people. And Detective Michael Moreshi, the Orlando detective, is on this case. He doesn't have a lot of details. Everyone is confused as to what the motive is. They're quite sure they didn't know each other. But who was it? And why was this random? Was this a mass shooter? There are so many questions. We do know that she was shot three times, once in close range to her head and two more times to her chest. And of course, unfortunately, they need Brother Marcus to give them as much information as possible. This poor boy just watched his sister get murdered 
the one who was supposed to protect her, not even supposed to. He wanted to. He loved his sister. They were best friends. It was his joy to be there for his sister. But now he needs to help figure out what happened. Her life being ended was horrifying enough. But all of the questions surrounding it and people wanting answers, right? Of course, that's the thing. Why? 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 Who is this person? We start seeking out who this person is dead on the floor. And the medical examiner gets there to go through his pockets and identify him as Kevin Loibel through his driver's license. Kevin had two guns on him and they were very similar models. And after Kevin shot Christina, the same gun that he used to shoot her had jammed. So when he was struggling with Christina's brother, Marcus, he used the other gun to shoot himself. They also found a tactical knife strapped to Kevin's ankle. And they also found a brochure on him for a burial service that cremates your remains. So they believe that Kevin's intentions were, in fact, to die that night. Yeah, he had no intention of coming out of that scenario alive. And this all shows premeditation. Everyone now online in the world is trying to know what happened, who did it. Was he a deranged, mentally ill fan? Who is this guy? Did he have a criminal record? Was he a stalker? Why? Why Christina? So they're looking through her content. They're looking through her comments for anything creepy, any indication as to how or why this could possibly happen. They scoured footage of people, everyone's, you know, stories, everything on Instagram, anyone who was hired. He was at the concert that night the whole time. Exactly. They had asked Christina's brother, Marcus, if he had ever seen the shooter before this show. And he said no. But they were able to obtain video footage because a videographer had been hired to capture that evening's show. And very quickly, you can see a screen grab of Kevin hanging out in the very back. So now homicide detective Michael is thinking, "Okay, wait a minute. We should contact Kevin Loyable's family. What if he harmed his family before coming to Christina's concert? Kevin's family was shocked. We were amazed to find out that they had never heard him mention Christina Grimmie's name before. They didn't even know he was in Orlando uh, for this show, had never seen him watch a single episode of The Voice. But there were some interesting things that they said. His dad said he lived like a hermit. And then, you know, we're asking about relationships. You know, did he have friends? Did he have a girlfriend? Where did he go to school? And all those things painted a very socially isolated person. And what we learn about Kevin is that He had isolated himself. He was very much a hermit. And when the family took the detectives to Kevin's bedroom, they found that he had taped aluminum foil to his windows. He had very heavy drapes. But I think they were hoping to find some sort of shrine to Christina. Right. There was nothing there that showed or indicated an obsession with her. He didn't even have a poster of her up on his wall. This bedroom was bare bones. It didn't even seem like he knew Christina. He just seemed like a weird dude, not somebody that would go and stalk and shoot someone. But his parents did say, you know what? He has gone through a lot of physical changes lately. He got LASIK. He took some measures to try and regrow his hair. He whitened his teeth. He lost some weight. But we just kind of thought he was growing up and taking more pride in his appearance, maybe. Yeah. None of those things would tell us 
why he would want to murder someone, right? You do those things when, like, you've been heartbroken and you just want to take pictures and put them on Instagram and show your ex, like, how hot you've become. Your tone seems really pointed right now. (laughs) So now detectives decide to zero in on Kevin's phone and computer, but they hit a wall because Kevin's computer had been basically destroyed. His phone was encrypted and they absolutely could not get into it. So Kevin knew what he was doing. Well, you know what I found out in my side research? He worked for the Geek Squad at Best Buy. He knew how to wipe out a motherboard and do all that stuff. He knew exactly what he was doing. He was intentionally trying to hide evidence, encrypted his phone. He knew they were going to come and try and obtain that information. And he was one step ahead. Wow. So at that point, his family said that he only really had one friend in the world and that we should talk to him. This friend, he knew that Kevin Loebel was obsessed with Christina. And he identified that this was... Maybe it'd been going on for about a year. So the family tells police, you know, Kevin really only had one friend and you should really talk to him. And so they track down this friend and they're like, well, he actually had been obsessed with Christina for like a year. He would watch anything and everything to do with her. And the reason he was making these changes in his appearance was because he wanted to try to impress Christina. But apparently Kevin learned that she had a boyfriend and he was livid about it. And he got to that very scary place of, well, if I can't have you, no one can have you. It is truly tragic. I have more information on that later. Papa Bud said through tears, there's a hole in my heart. And everyone was hit so hard. Adam Levine paid for her funeral. Adam Levine ended up being her coach on The Voice. Her manager, Brian, started a GoFundMe And to Papa Bud, it just showed that there was still good in the world. And they didn't stop there because they turned this tragedy into something beautiful. And they started the Christina Grimmie Foundation, which raises money for families who experience gun violence within their family structure. They have given over $350,000 in grants. Two families that are victim to gun violence. It is really beautiful what they've done. And the episode ends with Christina's boyfriend, Stephen, saying this. Christina Grimmie changed my life. And if I were to say anything to anyone out there who's in love with anyone and doesn't know how to say it, I would say, let them know now and do not hesitate. You do not know how much time you have in the end. I wrote that same quote down. It's so powerful. It's a beautiful statement. You know, we always say, tell the people that you care about what they mean to you. Tell them that you love them because you just, you never know. You really don't. Please do that today. If there is somebody on your heart and on your mind, tell them that you love them. For more information on the Christina Grimmie Foundation, please visit ChristinaGrimmieFoundation.org and In the name of I Think Not and our down bitches, Joey and I will be making a $1,000 donation to the Christina Grimmie Foundation. Gun control is something that is very, very much on our minds and our spirits. So we will be making a donation in the name of I Think Not and all of you beautiful people. I do have a lot of side research that I would love to share. Please. I want to take a selfish moment and say me and Christina share a birthday. Oh, March 12th. March 12th was her birthday. Liza Minnelli, too. Yep. So the friend 
who gave the cops all the information. His name was Corey Dennington. And he basically explained in police interviews that Kevin came from a very abusive household. This is not an excuse. This is just some information. His mother would beat him with frying pans through dishes and broke his brother's arms. And his mother, Nora, died in their home in 2010 of an aspirin overdose that was ruled an accident. This is all important because Corey Dennington told police that Kevin used to blame himself for her death because he would encourage her to end her life. And he slowly watched his friend sort of spiral out of control. And there was a lot of domestic violence with his dad and his second wife. So this is all the information from Corey Dennington weeks before the show. Kevin bought a $15 ticket and purchased two guns. And he waited patiently for that five-day waiting period they have in Florida before he picked up those guns, took them back home, and told his brother, father, and his dad's girlfriend that he had just purchased two guns. Wow. And they knew that he was struggling mentally. This is very topical with the whole Jennifer Crumbly news that we have just gotten out of Michigan. But here's the thing I want to tell you, and this was the big question I had, and now I have an answer. I did not know this story before researching it, and I wanted to know why, because she was such a rising star. I feel like it would have crossed my timeline in some way. The day after this happened in Orlando was the Pulse nightclub shooting. Oh, my God. Wow. So that probably overshadowed this tragedy and is why it got very little media attention in the flurry and all of the heartache that surrounded the Pulse nightclub shooting. Also, the day after that was that weekend that that toddler was killed by an alligator at Disney. Yeah. All happened in Orlando. So I feel like that is sort of why this story was so foreign to me. I wanted to understand why I hadn't heard about this. Wow, that is wild. I will tell you that story of the alligator and the baby in Disney World traumatized me. It really did. It was horrific. I remember that. Also, the Pulse shooting thoroughly traumatized me as well because queer spaces are supposed to be safe. And it like hit every queer person in America All of these tragedies deserve equal parts attention. Unfortunately, sometimes it's not how it works in media. And so that makes sense. That makes complete sense. Well, I wanted to know, because I was just very affected by this episode, her concert that night was at this place called Plaza Live in Orlando. And I wanted to research if they changed any of their metal detector policies And it looks like they haven't. And I looked it up further and, you know, sports arenas and stadiums, metal detectors are mandatory. And then most smaller venues aren't financially equipped to buy these screening devices. And I found an entertainment lawyer and crisis manager by the name of Ed McPherson that made this statement around this and said, quote, it's expensive and maybe cost prohibitive for some venues To not have these, then you can't have a venue. Truly. If you can't protect your visitors and your performers, how are you allowed to have a venue? She was not protected. Moreover, 
visitors might have been hurt. This man got in with two firearms and a fucking hunting knife. Christina Grimmie's family filed a wrongful death suit against the theater, the promoters of the concert where she was gunned down. They also sued AEG Live, the Orlando Philharmonic Orchestra Plaza Foundation, the security contractor that was contracted for security that night. That was really, really ugly because they said the owners of Plaza Live and the company that was supposed to provide security failed to take adequate measures to ensure the safety of the performers and obviously the concert goers because they didn't do pat downs and they were just doing superficial bag checks. You know, like if, oh, that they weren't looking through every bag. How did a man get through with two loaded nine millimeter Glock handguns? Somebody make that make sense. Now, listen, no amount of money will ever bring Christina back. But I do believe that people need to be held responsible. They dropped that lawsuit in 2016. The reason for dropping the lawsuit is not mentioned in any of the court documents that I could find. I imagine because if you can believe it, all those people were fighting against it and wanted it to get dropped. And I feel this is my speculation. I feel like the family found that so ugly and exhausting and then they lost Tina. I feel like it just stopped being worth it. So I feel like they might have just put their energy into more advocacy and fundraising efforts. That is totally my speculation rather than spending their time and energy in court battling these assholes who aren't going to take accountability or responsibility anyway. Yeah, it's mentally draining on top of a situation that is already mentally draining. Yeah, this Young girl was a powerhouse. Her voice, her presence, her generous heart. I believe she could have been a star. I agree. But I want to leave you just with some things on your mind because I know gun control and guns in general is a hot button conversation. So I just want to leave you some facts. In 2021, more Americans died of gun related injuries in 2021 than any other year on record. It was a 23% increase from 2019. That includes gun murders and gun suicides. 48,830 people died from gun-related injuries in the U.S., according to the CDC. And in that same numbers, 43% of those gun-related injuries were due to murder. And I just want to say that we all come from a different place. Everyone has a different idea on what gun safety is. But the idea that this man who had exhibited irrational thoughts that, by the way, his friend Corey reported to Best Buy. Wow. And Best Buy said, well, what he does on his own time is his business. He's working fine here. He had noted and exhibited symptoms of mental illness, and he was able to wait five days and get two firearms. Listen, all I'm saying is I think that we can agree that there is no harm in requiring a psychological evaluation Mm -hmm. for people who wish to own a firearm. Tell me how that is a problem. Tell me what your argument is against that. Because I promise you, if this man had had a psychological evaluation, he would never have been given a firearm. Let alone two. Yeah, it's terrifying. So this really affected me as a performer. This show is very, very well done. 
I know it wasn't our funniest episode we've ever had, but this is such a sad story. And I was more devastated that I had never heard it before. Yeah. Say something funny. I would just like to say for the record that I am not putting my birthday nudes out for any other reason that I want to remind you, Ellen, as a straight woman, what you are missing out on with these cheeks. Okay. Honey, you can bounce a quarter off of that peach ass. It's good. Everyone head to Joey's Instagram. Oh, wow. Thank you, friends, for getting through this episode. I am telling you, this show is a fantastic show. It is very well done. I am actually very glad we covered it. You know, there were some people on our Facebook group that said if it's too emotional, go ahead and skip it. But I really want to honor Christina and honor her memory and her talent and how it was taken from us. So thank you for letting us get through this. We love you all so much. Please continue to support us, elevate us on your social media. You can find us on I Think Not Pod on TikTok, Instagram. Join our Facebook group and we'd love to discuss the conversations that come up in the episode, other true crime things that come up. We have a supportive, loving network over there. And join us on our Patreon. All kinds of buffoonery over there. And no matter what tier you're on or if you're not on Patreon at all, we love you and we thank you for your continued support. And also, I just want to take this moment to say, if there's someone in your life that you're thinking about, if you wake up in the morning and someone's on your spirit, just call them. Call them and tell them you love them. I love you, Joey. I love you too, Yellen Marsh. And I love all you DBs. Y'all are the fucking bee's knees. Where did the bee's knees come from? We love you, down bitches. Love you. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye. That's not that. I am exiting the building. Thank you. I wish you wouldn't. (laughs) Oh, it always amazes me that she found out where I lived and came all the way to my town. We haven't heard from her in a minute. It's nice to hear her beautiful dulcet tones. (laughs) You have a beautiful nose. You know, most male models have a very prominent nose, like Adrian Brody. Oh, Adrian Brody. I love his big old crooked nose. He is hot. Yeah, I think so, too. Also, listen, we all know it's very easy to focus on the negative. You can get a hundred comments about how wonderful you are and that one negative comment will send you into a tailspin baby that's why i don't read the reviews anymore (laughs) one day a friend was like you know you could start posting these videos on youtube and get a following that was like me honey when i said you should post your nudes and make some money to pay your bills remember i don't remember that I do not oh, remember wait, that. I, sorry, I posted them and I collected the money. Anyway, on we go. All 10 cents. <laughs>